Welcome to the Wesley Memorial Podcast. Join us this Sunday at 1225 Chestnut Drive in High Point. Visit us on the web at wesleymemorial.org. Now here is this week's message. Seated. Let us turn together to John 21, verses 1 through 14. John 21, 1 through 14. Now, I grew up most of my life in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia, so I didn't have the opportunity to go fishing that often. However, I had a couple of opportunities when we'd go on vacation off of the coast of Florida We would go deep sea fishing together as a family, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was the most amazing experience. Even though I'm quite pale and tend to um, turn into a lobster under the sun, no matter how much sunscreen I use, uh, I would have such a wonderful time out there going fishing. There was just something about getting out there on that boat, out on the water, hearing the seagulls calling and then hearing the waves lapping up across the edges of the boat, baiting that hook and sending it out, and then just waiting, waiting for some fish to come along that you could reel it in. And when a fish came and suddenly your line goes pulling and you feel that yank on your pole, You reel it in. There's something so exciting about finally catching that fish that you have been waiting for oh so patiently. And there's just something about that rhythm of casting out the line to try to catch that fish. I wonder about that rhythm of fishing. When Jesus called some of his disciples who were fishermen, everyday fishermen out there catching fish out on the sea. He called those men to be his disciples. And then after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we find these same disciples gathered together at the sea the Sea of Tiberias. And John chapter 21, we pick up the story of these disciples. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, We will also come with you. They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So Jesus said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? 
And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net out on the right side of the boat, and you will find a catch. So they cast, and they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. So then when they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid, fish placed on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to question him, Who are you? Knowing it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord for all people. I wonder if maybe perhaps there's just something to Jesus calling this bunch of fishermen to be his disciples? Is it perhaps something with the rhythm of fishing? Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 through 20 tells us of the calling of the disciples, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, when they first met Jesus at the beginning of Jesus's time of ministry. It says, now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net out into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. What is it about this phrase, fishers of men? It's a funny phrase when you really think about it. Um, Jesus said this phrase to a bunch of fishermen that were fishing for fish. That's the phrase that we would think of, perhaps. But fishers of men was a very specific phrase in that time and in that culture. The historian and commentator Wizardy sheds light on this phrase, fishers of men. He shares with us that it was a common phrase that had been used for years by Greek and Roman philosophers and teachers. It was not a phrase that was invented by Jesus. To be a fisher of men in that day meant to seek, to persuade humanity and to catch 
them with the truth. You and I, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we too are called to be fishermen. We too are called to share the gospel, the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ, with others. To catch people with the truth. You may be wondering and thinking about, well, how does this metaphor of going fishing, of catching fish, how does this metaphor fit into the reality of our daily lives here and now? You may even be thinking, well, I'm not by profession a fisherman, so what am I to do with this metaphor? How does it fit into my life What does this mission of Jesus Christ sending forth his disciples to be fishers of men, what does this look like for me? Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus provides clarity on this question for both his disciples in that day and time and for us as his followers. He gives this command. To go, therefore, into all the world and to preach the gospel. This passage of scripture is at times called the Great Commission. The Great Commission, to me, underscores this understanding that the mission of Jesus Christ into the world is something that we cannot do or be about on our own or in our own strength. But it is only with the power and the strength of Jesus Christ, the working of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives, that we are able to accomplish this great mission of God. And so, here we are with this mission of Jesus Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To follow Christ that we might become fishers of men. It begs the question to me, what are we to proclaim? What is this gospel? What is this good news that we are to share that is the way, the truth, and the life? It is the way of Jesus Christ. It is the truth of who he is and what he proclaimed both in word and in deed. You see, Jesus understood, like many of you out there who may have been a teacher, who may teach children by profession or college students, that most of our learning, some of the greatest learning that we have, comes not only from that which is proclaimed in word, but from that which we experience from that which we learn through example, through someone's life, living it out so we can see it. Jesus knew this too. He lived his life both in word and in deed, teaching us the good news. He taught us about forgiveness offered unto us and commanded us to forgive one another with the same love that we have received from God. 
Jesus taught us about generosity, giving to those who are in need. Jesus taught us about love, for He Himself is love. He taught us about faithfulness and sacrifice, hope and redemption. Jesus taught us about freedom, humility, strength. And these are just to name a few. He lived in front of us through his example and his word. What it is to embrace this way of life, the gospel, the mission that we are to proclaim to the world. These are just some of a few of characteristics that we too are to live out and the mission of Christ that we are to proclaim. The great mission that we are called to share of God's love to all who are around us, to friends and neighbors, family members, to those near and to those far. Have you been fishing lately? The disciples there on that boat out there that night fishing. They were in a time of waiting. You see, they had followed after Christ in ministry. And then they had watched as Jesus died there on the cross. And then they had experienced Jesus Christ revealing himself to them after the resurrection. And they were in this season of waiting, wondering what the future may hold, what they were called to be about. And in that season, things hadn't really gone about as they might would have expected. Simon Peter, he was likely pondering, along with the other disciples, all that had taken place. And so what does he do in this time of waiting, in this season of not being sure what to expect? He decides that he's going to go fishing. He thinks, I just need to be out there on that boat. And then when he says, well, I'm just going to go fishing, the other disciples join him too. Now, how many of you know that the fishing that night that the disciples were about likely had absolutely nothing to do with the fish. For fishing allows one the opportunity to really think, to be still in the quiet, to be together there one with another in that boat. I wonder if Simon Peter was thinking about the other times that he had been out on the water with Jesus. I wonder if he had thought about perhaps the many things that Jesus had told them. I wonder if he was remembering the time that Jesus told them, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Or the time when the storm arose while they were there out on the boat in the middle of the water, and Jesus commanded the wind and the waves, peace, be still and they obeyed him or the time when they were out on the sea and Jesus came walking out on the water 
to meet them. And he said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And then invited Peter upon his request, invited him saying, come. And Peter got to experience the amazing miracle of walking out on that water to meet Jesus. A flood of precious memories. Things Jesus had said and done. Thinking of all these things while he was getting lost in the rhythm of casting out the nets. Now, I've never gone fishing with a net like they used that day. But I understand it takes a lot of physical labor to toss the nets out and then to bring them back in again once they are wet. And you see, that night, they had done it all night long. And they were tired. They had labored all night, and they had caught nothing. I wonder if they were even a bit frustrated. <laughs> I know I probably would have been. I know at times in my life, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a time when I feel like I've been casting my nets out all night, and I've caught nothing, and I'm tired. Times when all that I know to do, the predictable, the stable, seems like it's not working. You see, I feel like I resonate with those disciples there on that boat that day. And I'm reminded as I hear this scripture read that I cannot be a fisher of men on my own. That you cannot be a fisher of men on your own. We cannot do it in our own strength and in our own ways. But we must rely upon the strength, the direction, obeying the voice of the Lord. A week ago, we took our children, Andrew and Esther, out to Caladium Children's Museum in Winston-Salem. And there at the Children's Museum, they have a fishing stream for the children to enjoy. And it's a small stream, and it's about waist height, and it's indoors. It's a kind of a formed plastic thing. And in it, they have this stream that goes around in circles with little plastic fish bobbing up and down. And then they have these little fishing poles about yay long that the kids can use to try to catch those little plastic bobbing fish. Now our son Andrew, who's four, he was having a blast. He had figured this fishing thing out. He was catching them one right after another. Now Esther, who's just turned two, she, on the other hand, was frustrated. She could not quite manage the whole pole thing and could not catch any of the fish that were moving faster than she could move around this little stream in a circle. And so after a few moments, you saw her get frustrated with this fishing pole. And in the blink of an eye, she had dropped that fishing hole and she just went after those fish, both hands in the water. And she caught one and she held it up and you could just see her joy and her excitement as she was like, fishy, fishy, as she had caught that fish. 
As I saw her enthusiasm and excitement, I kind of chuckled to myself. And it made me wonder at my own passion and enthusiasm for the lost in this world who have not heard the truth of the word of God proclaimed. Am I as enthusiastic as my daughter, Esther, about casting out the net to be a fisher of men? Am I that enthusiastic, that passionate to try again and again and again to catch a fish? Have you been fishing lately? Have you any fish? Jesus that day with the disciples was standing out on the shoreline and he tells the disciples there in that boat, cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat and you will find a catch. So they cast and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Jesus did tell them to cast. Yes, this mission of God in the world involves action. It sometimes can be laborious. It involves work and action. He did not tell them to just call out, here, fishy, 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 here, fishy, fishy, fishy. Will you jump into the boat? Will you come on? And yet sometimes I think that's our approach in the world today, that you and I take that we sometimes just want to limit the mission of God to merely, hey, jump in the boat, come jump in the boat, instead of engaging actively in casting out our nets, intentionally seeking to be about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the love of God in this world to the people who are desperately in need of this love. We must follow the direction of God in our lives if we are to be about being fishers, of men. All of our midnight labors are worthless without his direction. There's nothing wrong with using the ways of fishing that make sense and utilize the common approaches to reach people with the message of the love of God, the gospel. There's nothing wrong with using these known ways. Feeding the hungry, visiting the sick, caring for the outcast and the marginalized, proclaiming the love of God to all. Notice here as Jesus is with his disciples, they still do the same thing that they were doing before. They were casting their net out. And yet this time, they caught a whole huge netful of fish. So what's the difference? They did the exact same thing, and yet the result is completely different. They go from all night catching nothing to suddenly hauling in a catch of fish so much that they couldn't even bring it into the boat. They had to drag the net ashore with the boat. So what's the difference? Jesus. Jesus is the new variable in this equation. They're no longer out there fishing just because it seems to make sense. It seems like a right thing to do. But rather, they are out there fishing now as, out of obedience to the voice of the Lord in their life. They are now 
exercising in action that obedience. They trust in the Lord as they listen and respond to his direction to cast out the net on the right side of the boat. They could, mind you, have said, um, cast the net on the right side of the boat. Are you sure, God? You know, we've been casting the nets out all night long, and we've caught nothing. You think the fish are going to know the difference between whether we cast out the net on the right side or the left side? I think not. I don't think I have the energy to do it one more time. And yet they didn't do that. They, in obedience, listened to the voice of the Lord and did it one more time. And they caught a boatload full of fish. Isn't it amazing how God works when we are obedient to him and to his direction? Have you been fishing lately? Have you any fish? Are you willing to cast your nets out on the right-hand side of the boat at the direction of the Lord? We need the direction of Jesus Christ in our lives. We need to listen for and obey his voice. Our labors will catch nothing if we are just out there on our own. John 15 verse 5 tells us that those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus instructs us that we must abide in him in order that we might be fruitful as we go about the mission of the work of God in the world. So how do we listen and abide in Christ? It is through our journey of discipleship as we follow Christ. Engaging in spiritual disciplines in our lives helps us to actively open our hearts and our lives to hear the voice of the Lord and to obey his direction. Spiritual disciplines such as works of piety and works of mercy are the terms that John Wesley gave us as ways that we can open our hearts and our lives, listen to and obey the voice of God. Works of piety he gave us as examples were prayer. Prayer is conversation with our Lord and Savior. Now, conversation, as you may think, it is one that goes back and forth. It involves surrender. It involves listening and actively being present before the Lord. Receiving the sacrament of communion, encountering our living Lord at his table. Entering into fasting, abstaining from food as our body allows in order that we might clear away all the distractions in our lives and focus on what God is saying to our hearts, hearing his voice, knowing that he is the living bread, reading the scripture, the word of God on an intentional and a regular basis. These are some of the works of piety in which we can open our ears to hear God's voice speaking to us. And engaging in works of mercy, of feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting those who are sick or in prison, 
showing hospitality to strangers. These are just a few of the ways in which we can engage the world around us in such a way that we open up our hearts and our lives to follow after the voice of the Lord in action in our community. When Simon Peter that day on the boat hears that it is Jesus, Simon immediately ditches the fish and swims to the shore to be with Jesus. After the haul of fish, Jesus invites them to join him for breakfast. I love this beautiful picture of the invitation to relationship in this passage. A fire with fish and bread already waiting for them on the shore. And Jesus sits and eats breakfast with them again. This is the central drive of God's vision for mission, that we might recognize and respond every day to the divine invitation into relationship with and that we might draw others in to do the same. Can you just hear that laughter echoing across the shore as the fire crackles there? They're laughing and sharing conversation across that fire. Jesus, inviting you, inviting me, come, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Thanks be to God. Amen. As